Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And Maddie, I don't know if you've ever done this right, but you know when you get a nice paint by numbers and you spend an afternoon, you get all the colours out, you get the, you, you follow the numbers, you put the paint on the canvas and you take your time, you let it dry and finally you get this finished piece of art and you can sit back and you can look at it and you can say, you know what, that is complete. I am happy with my body of work. And I feel like that's what we got from the Bombers on the weekend. That just wrapped up our season very nicely and I am now content that I've seen enough that this football club is going in the right direction. Oh, I'd seen enough a long time ago, but, uh, you know, uh, this uh, confirmed my suspicions uh, and confirmed that I've been right all along and uh, it was never in doubt. But, hey, it's a great day in football. It's a great day in football, Nick G. Because uh, the Bombers... Uh, and look, I actually saw this comment... And maybe I'm losing the plot. In fact, I'm definitely losing the plot. But I saw this comment from a uh, someone in Essendon Facebook group that uh, in '93, now it's before I was born, so you can confirm or deny that uh, uh, the the common sort of feeling around the bombers was yeah, our, our windows in the next few years. Uh, and now that window never—I don't know if it ever opened itself—or we're really ever taking advantage of that premiership window. But if there's anything you learn from 93, um, in a very similar situation with the young side, a few veterans, is that the time is now. There is no tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. That uh, we are very much as much a chance from here as, uh, as anyone. Well, I think the lid's off, Matthew, isn't it? The lid the is off. off. The lid's and why off. shouldn't it be? Why shouldn't it be? We've just beaten the top team. They're the, they're, ca- they were the best team in the league. Well, that means we can't beat anyone. Exactly. It, we can't. We, have they not beaten? Is there a side they haven't beaten? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't checked the, their games all the way back, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't see why we can't. I, I don't think there's a team we can't beat. Um, Except for the ones that we haven't beaten since 2014, like Richmond. Well, no, you're right, but that's all right. They're not, they're not playing. So don't Never. worry about them. <laughs> well, it's not that we can't. It's that we did not. And there's a That's difference. True. That's true. There's a difference. But the thing is, right, and we've seen... I'll give you two examples. I'll give you Hawthorne 2008 and Bulldogs 2016. Both of those teams, very young, not looking to hit their window for another couple of seasons and managed to steal a premiership. Now, I am not saying, like you, young sir, that we're going to win the flag this year, because I, th- I think we'll be lucky to make the finals, let's be honest. But there are examples of talented groups pinching a premiership early, and Hawthorne's a classic example, and I say Bulldogs because I expect them to win this year's flag, to be honest. Um, teams that overachieve early when that group first comes together, and then three, four, five years down the track, then create a dynasty. So Hawthorne is a prime example, and I think Bulldogs are close to that this year. That they won five years ago, and now that young group, that 21, 22, 23-year-olds, are now 
26, 27, and they're, they're having another push. You know, of course, on the back of, of some recruits and some extra young players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's, there's definitely scope for that happening in the AFL. A young team steals a premiership and then have their window where they have that sustained success over a number of seasons. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, but this isn't the Bulldogs podcast. So I'm not going to go on about how they're a chance to uh, start their dynasty or uh, become a team for the ages. Uh, we, and look, you, you don't straw me here. I'm not saying we will win the premiership. I'm saying yeah, you we can. You absolutely have said we, we will win. I'm saying we can win. <laughs> I'm saying why not? I'm saying the opportunity is there. We, 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 I'm not saying we will, but I'm saying there's, what's the, uh, what movies are from where he's like, uh, would you date me? Which is like, oh, dumb and no. dumber. But what? What are the chances no. of us dating? It's what? a million to one chance. <laughs> so you're See? telling me there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I've cocked up that quote, but that's all right. But, so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 what I'm saying right now. Step number one is we need to make the eight. Correct. Correct. And. There's two ways this happened. West Coast lose two games, starting with Melbourne tonight. And we, I mean, the the reality is we have to win our next two games. No question. So assuming that happens, then we need West Coast to lose two or GWS to lose one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, yes, we need West Coast to lose two. And I think they're likely to lose two because they're playing Melbourne tonight. They've got Frio in a derby next week. And then they've got another... I think they've got Brisbane the week after or someone quite tough. But I suppose we could we could look that up, couldn't we? Instead of guessing mm. about this. I'll tell yeah. You. I think they're well, the one most likely to slide because they are poo now. Yeah. Well, I think you, you've got... Um, okay, so big game. Yeah. Uh, you've got, um, got... I mean, there's a chance that it gets played at Etihad next week. The derby... Yeah. Uh, or, or our game. Our, our game. Ben Rollins just, just said on 360 that um, Essendon's understanding is it'll get played in the Gold Coast. Which, to be honest, I think the AFL should play it down here. Because we're in lockdown, so we shouldn't be leaving the state, one. And two, we've had more interstate games than anyone else this year. So, do you know what? Cop at Gold Coast and give us a game back in Melbourne. Mm, and Gold Coast are in lockdown as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, so, that lifted on Sunday. So the South East uh, are no longer in lockdown. Okay, okay. Because um, I was about to say, just let me make a phone call. Yeah, Danny boy. Shut it down, mate. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> no, nah, it's a terrible game. Sorry. That's a fizz. That's terrible. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, you didn't even uh, laugh. No, I, I hope he opens up. I do, uh, but um, it would it would definitely suit Essendon if uh, they weren't able to leave the state. Uh, but that would mean Gold Coast are now entering a COVID-free zone, supposedly uh, from a, uh, a red zone. So, yeah. well, it depends if if Brisbane open the borders. But I mean, this this is not a political podcast, right? We're just we're yeah. just hoping that the bombers get a game at, at um, Marvel, which I suspect yeah. I suspect if it is Gold Coast home game, they'll probably opt to play it in Geelong or some rubbish like that, so that we still have to travel. So it's not a home game for us. 
Um, mm. Even though we played a home game against them last year at Metricon, which was bullshit. But anyway, um, that's not important. We're here to talk about the Bombers. The magnificent Bombers. Mm. And a performance for the ages. And um, why don't we take a little bit of a break, Matty, and then when we come back, we'll jump straight into the analysis. Nope, I'm never taking a break from football. I love football. Football's the greatest game <laughs> ever created. I, I can't, I'm sad that we're at round 20, right? Or round 21, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not. Because it's finals. We just want to be close to the flag. Let's go to a break. Give me any. Before the break, we were just high as a kite, so excited about this magnificent one of the one of the well, definitely our best win for the season, but one of the the greatest wins um, in our recent history. And let me just start by saying this, Matthew: you did not believe, but every week, <coughs> every week, I'm telling you, he's gonna come good. He's gonna come good. It's between his ears. He's going to come good. He just needs a chance. And finally, my man, Tommy Cutler, breakout game. I've been telling you, you haven't been believing, and finally he's had a good game. How do you feel, you goose? You were made to look silly on Sunday afternoon. (laughs) You were made to look absolutely stupid. Tell the listeners. Tell the listeners. Every listener watched that game, watched Peter's seventh sail through and thought, Nick from the Donfather has been made to look stupid. Not only not only did Peter Wright kick seven, right, and hit them from everywhere, right, but then Tom Cutler bobs up with the best game I've seen him play ever. Well, I was about to get to that. I was about to say, not only did Peter Wright, but uh, Tom Cutler, uh, was in contention for, well, in contention for one of the best on the ground. I wouldn't go that far, um, despite his uh, magnificent uh, physique and, and running technique uh, that I've always said, if he gets right, we've got a player. But you refuse to believe him. But I was just going to go back to your first point. I wrote a message today into a uh, Bombers group chat, not our one, a, a separate one. Oh, that I'm not part of. Thanks. No. Uh, called the Mighty Bombers. Oh. Uh, a, a friend of mine, a uh, an acquaintance, uh, said, mate, I seriously – he said mate to a group, but anyway. Uh, mate, I seriously reckon it's the biggest win we've seen in, like, the last decade, to which I replied – and I wonder if you would agree with this, but it would be up there with beating West Coast Eagles in 2013 at Subiaco as the day Watson was being booed. Yeah. Uh, beating Geelong in 2011 uh, when yep. we were predicted by Matthew Lloyd to get beaten by 150 plus. Yep. Uh, winning in round two, 2016 versus Melbourne. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, we weren't meant to win a game that year. No, we weren't. Uh, uh, beating Carlton in 2014 from six goals down at three-quarter time. Mm, that was delicious. I might be putting a bit of mail. Oh, it might have been four goals, but I can't remember. Anyway, uh, and Anzac Day 2017 
Indeed. Although that was yeah. that was a destroyation though. That wasn't. I mean, like we, that was a six goal win or something. It wasn't a close mm. one. No, um, but I, you know what I mean. It was, uh, you know, it was like a turning point, which yeah. it wasn't really. But <laughs> I, I think, I think it's up there with probably not as crazy as the Geelong 2011 game because we were poo that year. We were it was really so bad. bad. Yeah. Um, but certainly, it's certainly our best win of the year. If I had to put it on par, I'd say on 2013 West Coast one, as big as that. Um, but I've said, I, I honestly have said this all season, um, that getting a big scalp was the last box that this group needed to tick this year to, to show me that, yes, we're going in the right direction. And that was, that's why I was disappointed, so disappointed against Sydney, against Melbourne, because we were in those games. The first time we played Sydney, we were in all of those games, Richmond, um, and we just couldn't get over the line. Whereas this was a game where, in the end, we controlled the second half and we kind of kept them at arm's length. And but for some very dodgy umpiring late. We should have probably won by five goals. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, or I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. Or, yes, no, actually, I do. Uh, those two calls on the bond, at least one of them, he, he, dro- he literally dropped the ball. He literally dropped it. He, and, and, uh, and he actually picked up the ball. Broke a tackle, tried to break another one, and then actually just dropped the football, and he gets called holding the man. That yeah. was well. I've said this a lot this year, but it it may not be the worst decision I've seen this year, but it was certainly up there as one of the worst that has ever been called. Yeah, and you would argue he wouldn't have been thrown without the ball uh, or tackled without the ball if the whistle had been blown when it should have clearly blown. Yeah, um, which is yeah, the moment only- he drops it. Yeah, the only leeway I'd give the umpire there is Bontempelli had his back to the umpire, but so was the camera. And we saw uh, it. Yeah, so... And how can it be holding the man? I'm, I'm actually not giving the umpire an out here. How can it be holding the man if you have seen Bontempelli pick up the ball, be in possession of the ball, break a tackle, continue to run, and then get tackled and drop the ball? There's and no still excuse. have his arm pinned, yeah. Yeah, there's no excuse. He's, mm. he, if he hasn't disposed of the ball, which he clearly didn't, it's dropping the ball. It's not holding mm. the man. Costly mistake from the umpire there. Mm. Uh, and then I, I do see the dangerous tackle, uh, but I, I, I wonder if there was – I'd have to watch the game again, but uh, if they were consistent on that all day in, in terms of that late dangerous tackle. I feel like they weren't, but anyway, it's not important. It's not no, we were, we're not biased, but – what I was really impressed with is I thought at that point in the game, I was like, here, here they come. Here they come. They're going to topple us. That's going to get I over thought. the line. Uh, and it, it was a good daydream. And it's going to be devastation. It's going to be but like no. the Melbourne one. And the Richmond one. Actually, it was going to be like the Richmond one. Not quite as bad where we were in front sort of halfway through that last quarter and it was a good dream. And mm. then it just fell away. Yeah. It sort of felt like that. as like, oh, here they come. And... You could probably argue that uh, perhaps the Bulldogs ran out of time or were running out of time at that point and we might have just, just stumbled over the line. But to full credit, we went to the centre stoppage, we won it, and we actually got the game back on our terms. Mm. 
Um, and I, I mean, with this guy we're going to talk about soon, but uh, Sam Draper uh, is going to be a very important player for a very long time. I think he, for mine, I think he was the most important player on the ground. On, uh, yesterday. Yeah. He he is the reason we won that game. And I mm-hmm. that's not taking anything away from the performance of seven-seater, two-leader, um, magical Peter, out of sight right, mm. as, they're, uh, as they're labelling him now. But I think Sam Draper... For someone who... Tim English has been frothed over by the football public as the best young Ruckman coming through for a number of years. And Sam Draper gave him an absolute bath. It was a clinic. It was a clinic on how to ruck. Yep. Um, you know, uh, to a point where Tim English walked off the ground with shampoo still in his hair. Yep. Uh, that's a, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a bath. Um, so... I mean, we probably kick off that like already, but I was going to say, you know, we, and I guess this feeds into another like, which was the midfield. Uh, we got beaten in every statistical category uh, on on that day, uh, except, except the, one, except the one that counts, which is score. Um, on the flip side, against Melbourne, we won every statistical category and lost. So, but um, the only one where we won convincingly was, funnily enough, clearances. Mm-hmm. Uh so, look, I'm not totally familiar with the dog style of play, but I would assume that's been a big part of their... They're a clearance uh, team. They're yeah, exactly right. So, yeah. we have... So, I was going to say, we have beaten them at their own game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's massive. That is massive. And the, the other thing that was really impressive was I, I messaged our group early, and, and this was in the first quarter, and I said, we're going to lose by 150 points because the dogs were so clean... And they were just cutting us to ribbons. They were winning it on the inside. And then they were just spreading and hitting targets with ease. And that the thing that was exciting for me is that we matched them with that clinical ball use. I didn't think that our team was at the point yet where they had that clinical ball use by foot in them. But they clearly did. They matched the Bulldogs, who I think um, maybe bar Sydney are the best ball using team in the league. Yeah, well, I couldn't believe the way we were moving the ball late in the fourth quarter mm. uh, and just picking them apart. Yeah. Just picking them apart. And, I mean, it makes it credit with the dogs just off, but, we like, we just beat them at their own game. Like, it was a, it was a, it was a real – I mean, for it, and particularly in the midfield, like, where that is somewhere we've – you know, for years on 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 end, it's been you know we just haven't got a midfield that's a great quality. That's you know that, that can stick it with the best in the league. We just stuck it with a, a dynasty midfield like this. That's probably going to go down as one of the greatest, or at least in terms of depth, one of the greatest mids of you know modern 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 football. It's definitely this year's um, best midfield. No, hundred percent. But I, I think you know, like you put it against any midfield of the past five years, you know. All the yeah. Richmond areas of domination, and uh, uh, you know, I think it would have gone head to head with Hawthorne back in the day. Like it's just that deep. Yeah, um, potentially, even with this current midfield that the Bulldogs have, potentially on the quality of the West Coast midfield with Judd Cousins Kerr, and I think it probably shares a load a bit better and goes a bit deeper. Mm. Oh yeah, it's. It, 
Uh, yeah, the, the the top end players aren't. I mean, the Bont is obviously. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with yeah, you. The, the but, um, Judd, Judd in his prime at that time, Kerr at his prime, they're probably better quality players. But yeah, it's not as it's not as deep as this midfield. No, the way. quality of depth versus the star power. Yeah. Uh, I think that that can compete with anyone at the Dogs. So yeah. Uh, I don't think we want to be uh, straw manned and, and say we're saying the dogs is up there with the top three. The dogs is up there with Judd Cousins. Kerr. We're just saying the the depth in which the dogs have uh, could compete with any of the star power of those famous midfields. Well, that that midfield, the dogs midfield, won the same amount of premierships. Just doesn't yeah doesn't have the same amount of brownlows though. That's a yeah. That's a no, who, who's won it? It's just uh, the bomb. Judd's, Judd's won two. Who's won the premiership? Yeah. How many? Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Only one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah West yeah. Coast only won one premiership with that group. Um, I mean, it was two cracky grand finals, probably the, some of the best we'll see. Uh, but um, yeah, so the in terms of premierships, that that group has already equaled that West Coast group. It's just mm. about the. But you know, we digress. But it's not important. Our football team our Essendon football team and our midfield matched it. And it's not even our full strength midfield. So, and this is something, this is a like of mine. I felt that, I mean, it was his second week back, second or third week back for, for Shield. I think third, uh, third, third, yeah. third week back. I felt like his role has now changed given the, um, the emergence of Parrish. And I thought he played a really good team role. And once he gets up to speed, that midfield is going to really start to hum of ours. Because he was just getting... He was in different positions to what he normally is. He wasn't right on the inside. He was sort of that first link player. Um, and I really liked his game. He didn't He didn't get a lot of the ball. Let's have a look at his stats. Um, apart from two... Still things, 22, I think. Yeah, which is, which is solid. And he will get better, right? He will have better performances than that. Um, yeah. In this role, but I guess the the point the point I'm trying to make is I really liked that he seemed to have a bit of a new role and he seemed to embrace it and he seemed to do the team things. I was re- yeah, I was really happy with his his performance. Yeah, look, but- I'm, I'm with someone like Shield. To me, he's going to be in the same category as a McGrath. If Merritt and Parrish are racking him up and just that high volume of disposal, don't need Shield getting an F40 himself. You know. It, Shield is better off getting 22 and being highly effective and damaging with the 22 he gets uh, rather than, you know, just trying to get volume. I, I yeah. really believe that's his go. Same with McGrath. Uh, and on that, you know, we've got some talent out. Obviously, you know, Heppel slides back in for Gleeson. Um, but you know, it's really hard to see. I mean, there's a spot for him, obviously. But it is hard to – off that game, it's hard to see – who McGrath and Caldwell come in for. Oh, um, I was thinking about that earlier. And I think in terms of role, right, and I and I don't think uh, he deserves to lose his spot because I thought he had a really good game. But I think Caldwell is probably earmarked as... Well, and this is something that I've, I've liked about our coaching panel this year is they've had almost NFL-style depth charts in that these are our best 22, then our next best in each position is X, Y, Z. Um, and we've seen that with Gleason and Heppel, right? That mm. obviously our number one player in that position is Heppel. As soon as Heppel's out, Gleason comes in, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think probably who Caldwell was our number one for 
um, in this role is Dylan Clark. Because yes. Dylan Clark played a little bit on the inside, but he also played on the outside. And I think that's probably where we see Caldwell coming in and replacing. Um, and I, like I say, I don't think Dylan Clark deserves to be dropped, but I, I can see where this midfield gets better. So Clark goes out for Caldwell um, or takes his spot and plays that role. And McGrath probably replaces Sam Durham at this stage or Nick Cox. Um, I think more likely you place Sam Durham. That's my view on it. Mm. Yeah, see, uh, uh, yeah. I had the unfortunate one would have to be Guelphie again, which really shatters me because I thought he had a, a fantastic game and there's not much more he could have done. No, Guelphie had another really good game. I, I agree. Yeah. And and I, you know, that that's another potential then probably Guelphie for, for McGrath, having him in that. Yeah. Game. But, so, but kick off. You go, so, yeah, I was, I was going to, I thought uh, Clark sort of more came in for a Langford type role. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Well, who does who goes out for Langford then? You know what I mean? Like it's a exactly right. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's tough. Um, and look, you know, with these sort of players, because this was one of my like was our role players. I thought Guelphie, Clark, Snelling, Waterman, Gleeson. Uh, I'd, I'd definitely add Durham to that list. Uh, I thought those guys, I'd, you know, I'd add sorry. Francis to that list too. Yeah, how he was a separate one for me. Um, yeah. He, yeah, I think he's above a role player. But those guys who haven't quite cemented their spot in the side. Uh, obviously, Durham has been going really well since he came in, uh, but he, you know, they, I mean, these guys are all in the. Uh, Snelling's probably not, but the guys who are always in that, you know, the in-out column week to week. Uh, yeah. You know that it's uh, called the black hole of football. Um, but I, I just thought they were fantastic. You know, Guelph's effort all day is chases. Mm. You know, uh, Clark gave us a lot around the around the contest. I thought it was yeah, fantastic. Definitely. Uh, he's, I think he's someone who, the better his opponent is, he just seems to get better. Hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, and I, I thought his kicking was okay. I, 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 it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't notice it being bad. And because he's got that, um, that sort of view about him, every time he kicks it, you kind of really take notice, but his kicking was not poor. He didn't have, I don't think he had any turnovers by foot, right? Um, so, I thought he had a really good game, and I'm glad. I'm I'm glad he's getting some continuity in his football, and I'm glad he's performing because he deserves it. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree there. What um, what I mean by Francis as a role player is that he came into the team to play a specific role that wasn't his natural game, and I was really pleased with his performance. Uh, like we said, who last is that? Week, Sorry, Francis. Not yeah. not that he himself is a role player. I think he's got star quality. I think with consistency of uh, game time and consistency with his mental health battles, um, I think he could be an A grader, definitely. But what I was pleased with is he came in to play a role that is unfamiliar to his natural game, and he did it really well. Yeah, see, I, I was... He, he, like I said, the same. He was a uh, he was a, a, another like for me, but... <laughs> He, he just looked like a natural centre-half forward. Mm. Um, he, I mean, we've got big marking, uh, you know, pack mark, sort of contested mark players in uh, Wright, Jones, you know, guys who can, you know, rise at the top of a pack and just pluck it and then Sam Draper pops up here and there. Mm. Um, but I just like Francis, the way he was able to connect the back half 
to the front half. He just seemed to pop up and take marks where it was really necessary, not necessarily even our front half of the ground, but I think that's really important for a centre-half forward to be able to do. Mm. Um, whereas, yeah, I don't think we got that from, you know, a hooker or, or something like that. But what I like about Francis is he – because we, we, I think we clearly want to play three tools, mm. um, is that he gives us enough versatility uh, that he's not – like with Hooker, right, there's not much versatility there. It's just he's a big boy, that's it. He's yeah, not going to give you much on the, the ground. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, if he doesn't mark it, you, you ain't going to get much. Yeah. Uh, with and, Francis. And I think with Hooker, though, his hands are really good. And if, and if he was playing – with the delivery that we're now starting to have, I think you'll have better games. But ignoring that, Hooker is an Essendon legend forever. Oh, regardless yeah. of what he does for his career, he is welcome in my bar and I will buy him drinks all day, every day. But yes, yep. Francis, continue. Yeah, no, I, I just saw Frank. He's, he's looked perfect down there. Um, yep. I thought, he, yeah, like I said, he gives enough balance between being a big boy, but he can also get on the ground and uh, he can move up the ground. He, I, I just really like him in that spot. I thought he was, and he just knew the spots to be, in. Uh, and that's hard to do as an R forward. Um, what I like about him is his kick is a weapon. When yeah, he he often goes for the more difficult kicks, so it doesn't always come off. But some of his delivery into the forward fifty was just outrageous. He, mm. You know, he he just can kick a football like Goddard used to be able to. He's, I really like that. And, you know, I'm I'm excited playing him in a more attacking position because some of my frustration this year was having him down back where he does a great job, but you don't get to see his real natural ability come out because he's too, he's too concerned with doing his defensive job. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, you know, and even... Like you said, there was somewhere he just he got his hands on, and if you held for another split second, it's a mark. Mm. Uh, and you think, yeah, you're right. If he does start to pluck those, you just go cheapers. Like you know, it's the ultimate opportunity. You really couldn't give him much as a as a defender. Um, and he can read the ball so beautifully that, he, yeah, like he he, he he. I thought he played it fantastically, and I would happily leave him there. Yeah, I, uh, I would so. be happy to have him. Jones and Peter Wright as our three keys. If if we continue to want to play three talls, I'm more than happy to have those three there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, now we, we have. Should we discuss the big man? I mean, it's it's the name on everyone's lips, right? Yeah. Well, I, hey, well, maybe we'll leave it for the The only other one I wanted to bring up was we spoke about him every pretty much every week the whole year. Was the other uh, back line? I thought they were fantastic. So yeah, I, I thought they had their colours lowered the week before against Sydney, and I thought they responded really well. Mm. So full um, credit to they know how good they are. So Rid- Ridley, great game. Laverde, great game. Um, really, I didn't expect our back line to get on top of their forward line um, mm. like they did. Stewart had a good game. You know, really everyone. Um, Redmond. I reckon that was Redmond's best game of the year. And he's had, he's had some crackers, but I thought yeah. Redmond had a fantastic game. Just love to see him take it on and take a risk. And that's when he's at his best, when he's just taking risks. And Yeah. So I was a bit tongue-in-cheek before, 
But Matthew, like any born-again Christian, I have seen the light. I have seen the light! Tommy Cutler, his ball use on the weekend, and admittedly for the last, let's say, three weeks, has been exceptional. That, his kicking has been top-notch. His long passes, his short passes, he he kind of, he kicks it almost perfectly, right? Like, he gets, he doesn't spear it to you, but it doesn't float to you either. It just kind of gets there perfectly. And the weighting on his kicking, with the length of his kicking, could be an absolute weapon for us if he continues on this trajectory with his performances. I uh, absolutely agree. Uh, and I, uh, I've always said that if he gets it right, uh, we've got a player in our hands and he's, he's getting it right. Uh, and mind you, it's not against some, you know, uh, the criticism of him a few weeks ago was that it was against Adelaide and North Melbourne. He's now done it against a good opponent. Um, yep. The best opponent that you could possibly have. Yeah, so uh, there's no question of capability. Uh, so do, do you think we leave him in defence or do you think we try and bring another defender in and push him further up the ground? Well, he seems to have figured it out with Durham going up to the wing. I don't, I don't know if he's a, he's a natural winger. I think just maybe he was put there as a means of, uh, you know, necessity because, um, you know, we didn't have another winger. Um, mm. Or we just needed him to float through there. Uh, I, I actually think he's better, you know, with the footy in front of him all the time. I agree. I, I think he's, he's better coming to the play rather than having to create the play, if that makes sense. Well, mm. we, we just said the same thing with different phrases, right? You're exactly yeah. right. With the, with the footy in front of him, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it's not the, – the modern wing isn't an easy position to play. You do have to wait for it. And, you know, there's a lot of decision-making and that sort of thing. And it, it can be overwhelming if you're just sort of, you know, you just want to go and get it. Uh, so, no, I, I think his best position is behind the footy and, and just allow him to run and take it on. And, um, you know. I think it's uh, it's a good move there. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm happy to say that I am starting to be proven incorrect. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think we're starting to get a player. Um, having said that, Sam Durham, how has he not been on an AFL list? It uh, baffles me. Uh, I mean. Um... Hey, Dodora, hats off again, mate. He, he just gets it right, doesn't he? But mm, He's a uh, gun. Yeah, no. It, he's just come in and been AFL ready from the start. It's just mm. like, yeah, it, it, it baffles. Yeah, baffling, but uh, we'll take it. Uh, he, he is everything that I have been hoping Braden Ham would be. And, and mm. Braden Ham's still developing, so don't get me wrong. Plenty of time for Braden Ham to, to become this type of player. But that... Those performances are exactly what I've wanted from Ham. Sort of in and under, good use of the football, a bit of pace, run on the outside. Um, and and we were talking about this last week that I felt we're, we're missing a little bit of that classy delivery on the outside. And I think Durham could be that player. Yeah, every chance. Every chance. Um, I don't think Cox will be a full-time uh, winger. So maybe Ham comes into that role. I, I don't know. But... Um, 
Sorry, in terms of full time, I mean, I think as his career goes, he'll move into a Keep either on a on a spine or. Uh, mm. I mean, you, you said you see him on ball. I don't, I don't know if that'll ever be the case, but. Um, I, I think I think we've said this on previous episodes. I think best case scenario is we get the type of player, however you want to define that player, of Adam Goods, that very versatile, tall player that can really play anywhere, can play midfield, can play forward, can play back, uh, can pinch it in the ruck. You know, if we get a... And, and look, Adam Goods is one of the greatest players ever to play our game. but uh-huh. And so I'm certainly not saying that that Cox is close to that at any point. But I think he's got the attributes to become that archetype of player. Yeah, yeah, just really versatile. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I can certainly uh, see where you're coming from there, and I hope you're right. Mm. I, was, I was surprised how poor the Bulldogs' defence was. Oh, they're in trouble, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. When, I mean, yeah. when we did the preview, we were talking about that that I didn't fear their defence um, and I didn't think their forward line was better than our back line. It was... Is this for Laura, is it? It is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't feel that their forward line was necessarily better, but they would be getting silver service, which would make it very tough for our defenders, which didn't end up being the case. But I was surprised at how poor... And, and they've got some injuries, the Bulldogs, their defence was, and how our forward line was able to capitalise. Mm. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Um, I think uh, uh, Jake Stringer was probably the epitome. I mean, the guy only had 13 disposals or something, but it just felt like when he got the ball, he was dangerous, took ground. Uh, yeah, but hey, too many dislikes. Um... No, I can't. Apart from the umpiring, which I say every week, um, match review panel. Um, yeah, well, that's, uh... no. I thought, and, and uh, it's a dislike that kind of is a like, right? The, our, the way we started the game was was quite poor. I I felt we were a little bit off. Our actually, here's a big one for the whole game: our tackling, a lot of broken tackles, consistent throughout the game. There was many opportunities when we had the chance to stop play in a more advantageous position and the Bulldogs would just bust through and break tackles. So that's probably my biggest dislike. And it wasn't lack of intent. It was lack of technique. Okay. Yeah. I, um, interesting one, but I was just a bit unimpressed with Devin Smith. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Again, I mean, his his performances with ball in hand are getting better, but mm. just needs to do the team thing more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, a, key, a key moments as well. I mean, yeah, Peter could have had eight, but I, I just, uh, what is it? Like, I think about the player we saw in 2018, mm. um, you know, our best and fairest winner and, a guy we thought, you know, this is it. This is our, you know, one of the midfielders we've been hoping for. Um, you know, he's 28. He's not like he's, you know, past it. I, yeah, I, 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 I struggle to understand how it's just all uh, gone downhill so quickly for Dev or like, yeah. No, I think, I think it's mental for him and I think, 
I think he's finally getting his body back. He's a bit like Heppel in that he really missed two years of football. Um, and it's taken a while to get the confidence in his body again. And I think that's coming. But I think from... With Devin Smith specifically, I think he needs to do the team thing more. I feel like he makes selfish decisions. And if he was to get that out of his game and make team first decisions, I think we'll be back to the player that we had in, in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I guess, you know, maybe he's just trying to prove uh, a point by saying I still got it at AFL level uh, by trying to, you know, almost do too much. Yeah, I, and I think you're... I don't know if that's what he's doing. I think he's just always been that type of player that likes to kick the goal rather than get the assist, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think I think if he changes that, then he becomes... It's ironic, right? Because by doing the team thing, he gets better individual performances, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, um, no, no, it makes sense, yeah. So, yeah, I think he really needs to get that out. And again, and I mean, it's almost a bit... Toby Green-esque in that the umpires are looking for him to give the cheap ones and so they always get paid whereas other players get away with it. Yeah, potentially. But I just think he's so much better than uh, you know, that type of player. Mm, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, statistically, this is his worst year uh, uh, since he got drafted. Mm. Um, like, he was better in his draft year. Uh, and that was in a side that, you know, it was two and twenty or something. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I hope we can get to the bottom of of Dev and turn around because it is a he's a player. Mm. Um, I think you know. it's just it's consistency. It's I think he'll if he gets through the rest of the season and then preseason unscathed, I think he'll have a much better year next year, especially with a more clear role. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, and you got to think last year. Last year was just such a mess, and they played him off half back because he was coming back from injury, and like it was just a disaster. So I think him getting the rest of the year of continuity, another preseason continuity in the same role next year. I, I think I've got faith that he'll get better if okay. his if his mindset changes and he starts to do more of the team things. Yeah, yeah, right. Because um, we've already seen we've already seen a player who does that go past him in Will Snelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he has all the attributes to be an A-grade Will Snelling, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. and This is his second highest year in terms of one percentage. For who? Smith? Uh, Smith. Okay. Yeah, so. But who knows how they how they quantify that? I'm not really sure what they count as one percent is. Yeah. No, I, you and I know what a one percenter is from a footy term, but I don't know statistically what's get, what gets counted. Yeah. Oh, well, I think, you know, it, it's it's identifying there's a change in role because disposals are down, but 1% is are up. So, mm. um, but yeah, again, yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't know what he's getting marked by in, inside the four walls, but yeah, I'd love to yeah. see him get back to his 2018 best. Brings up another one that we were talking about last week and, and has been copying a little, bit, a little bit of flack on the socials is uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Where do you think he's ah. at? Week off. I think uh, there is no. I don't, I don't see the necessity for him to be playing. Uh, and I love Tim. And uh, you know, so what? He, 
a lot of people, you know, this, they're always lazy, is this, is that. There's got to be something else going on because you do not go from, you know, all Australian contention to just looking hesitant and, and you know, a, a, a step off it. He's got a niggle. Um, There's no, I, I have no there's doubt. There's got to be something there. He's got a niggle going on. He's got an ankle or a knee or there's something going on. There's no way that he his mentality has changed. He's not a lazy player. He, he's got a niggle. And I think if it was up to me, I'd have him sub next week. So he still counts as having played a game and his streak continues. Mm. But he gets a rest. Yeah, potentially. Uh, unless uh, yeah, the old uh, Nick's Cox scenario occurs. And he ends up playing uh, a quarter. T- touch wood there. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I, he, yeah. I wonder if something happened in that Adelaide collision. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, I do remember that. I wonder if there was something in that, potentially Could some, be. some, Could be some a broken shoulder. ribs or something. Or... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, just, you know, I'm happy. Tipper's got enough tickets for, I'm happy for him to work through it in the ones as well. I, I don't think for me that he necessarily needs to be dropped. I'm happy for him to work through it in the ones. If the, if the coaches are happy with his output, I'm happy for him to stay. Mm, well, I don't, yeah, I probably have to disagree there. I think if he's not right, don't, don't play him. No, I, that, that's a different story. If he's clearly injured, mm. then um, don't play him. Give him a week off. But yeah. if if it's a niggle and they're happy for him to play through and just to try and nurse him through to the end of the year um, to keep his streak going, I'm happy with that too. Yeah. Well, different uh, story, but it'd be nice to see Irving back, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, Irving may never be back. Mm. It'd be great. Pardon me. A great shame. Who, um, but who comes in for him? If, we, if Tipper's goes out, what other pressure small forward do we have to come in? Oh, it has to be Perkins, even though he's not that type, but we just need him to play that role or share it with Guelphie or something like that. But I think Perkins is the obvious one to come in there. Mm. Mm. So it, it's, a, it's a dilemma, definitely. Mm. 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 So why don't we round out this segment, Matty, with a discussion about the greatest full forward that this football club has seen since the era of John Coleman. <laughs> that is complete disrespect. Complete number of rubbish. Um, because, of course, we had uh, many, including the great Matthew Lloyd. Uh, but let's let's talk about this performance. Yeah, so this, uh, the greatest... Uh... The greatest goal kicker since Kyle Reamers. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say but that's a bit uh, disrespectful to the likes of Kyle Hooker, that's uh, true, or something like that. But did Kyle uh, Hooker ever kick seven in a game? I don't know. Did he? I think he got up no, there. No, I don't think he ever got seven. Jake Carlisle got eight against the Bulldogs one day. Did he? That's right. Took about twenty-two marks. Yeah, it was it was a destroyation. How's that? I mean, Google Kyle Hooker stats on Bing comes up with Kyle Hooker is a ruckman for Essendon. That's how good Bing is. Yeah. Well, it's actually the bench.com.au, so uh, it's, a, it's a problem there. Uh, he did ruck for us in a final. True. True. He did. Uh, that's Yeah, we weren't going too well. I'm trying to look if it's got goals here, but 
doesn't seem to have it. Goals. Here we go. Five, 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 four, four, three, three, three. Ah, uh, damn. Nah, no more than five. Five for Kyle Hooker. So, uh, but yeah, Peter, uh, it is fantastic to see uh, a man with, you know, someone who uh, touted as having a fair bit of talent, wasn't wanted, uh, came home and we said, well, he didn't come home, but we said, uh, we'll look after you. And, he did come uh, home. He's from, he um, he's from Essendon originally. Is he? Where, where, did his dad play? Uh, I'm not sure if his dad played for the Bombers. I doubt it. But he, not for the Bombers. He's an Essendon, like not Essendon, but the northwestern suburbs. He was a okay. Cotton boy. Uh, there you go. Um, but I, I think, and I've said it before, I think he, my point was that he is far better uh, than David Hale. Uh, as a, just as a, an individual player, and he proved it. He said, do not put me in categories with – although having said that, I've just looked up David Hale's best performance. He's kicked eight. So oh, wow. <laughs> maybe I'll eat those words. But um, he just said, hey, I'm, a, uh, I'm here to play. I'm here to be a big, powerful forward uh, and pay me some respect, please. What I really like about two-metre Peter – is his kicking action. Doesn't he just hit that football so purely, especially when he's kicking outside 50? He, it just hits it and it floats through with ease. It is such a nice action. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That should be the standard for professional Footballers, particularly at a stadium like Eddie had, mm. that for, for someone who makes six figures a year, uh, kicking goals, taking marks and kicking goals, that should be the standard to to you know hit the ball that beautifully. Mm. Uh, I probably sound like the fossil or something like that, but see, like you know you are paid a lot of money to do that, uh, and as impressive as it is from Peter, like that that. That should be the standard across the league. Yeah. And and it's refreshing as an Essendon fan, given that admittedly at his best, Danaher is a better player than Peter Wright. But we haven't really, since Matthew Lloyd, had a key forward that grabs it and then hits it purely and you can expect a goal from a set shot. Mm. It's with, with Danaher, you're always like, oh, is he going to kick it or is he not? But mm. with Peter Wright, you're thinking... Seven out of ten, eight out of ten are going through, mm. Mm. and and that's the same way with Harry Jones. And it's very refreshing as an Essendon fan to have that happening again. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how it should be. You 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 make your money as a <laughs> someone who kicks goals, like you, ma- and you make a lot of money doing it. So, uh, but having said that, credit to him and the, and the work he's done, uh, and, and you can't be happy with someone who thought his career was over, uh, probably. Six, six, twelve months ago, yeah. And we saw it early this year that he was getting to the right spots and he was growing into the game, but he wasn't clunking them. Mm. And he was he didn't have the confidence to really tear a game apart. And over the last sort of four or five weeks, you can you've seen that development from him. You've seen him get to the right spots, start to hold the marks, start to kick the crucial goals. It it's been a it's been a great 
year of development, if you can say a 24-year-old develops his game. Um, it's been a great year of development for Peter Wright. And it shows, again, it ties into our culture about how people perform, how players perform when they have clarity around their role and clarity around how that fits into the bigger picture of the team. Um, and, I mean, that may be the best game that Peter Wright ever plays in his career. But it was certainly a performance that if he gets to 70% of that or 60% of that most weeks, he'll have a great career at the Essen Football Club. Yeah, no, 100%. And he, I mean, he is 24, but you've got to remember as well, I mean, the big boys take time. Mm. Uh, and he pretty much missed a year uh, in 2020, as everyone did, but, uh, sorry, well, he, he didn't play a game. Uh, and, and there was no VFL or Nickel or whatever. Or was it Nickel? can't remember. No, it was all scratch matches. Yeah, cool. So it was all, um, you know, so it didn't play you know, an AFL-level game for, you know, since he was 21. Um, you know, and when he did come in, I'm assuming probably didn't get the, you know, was he coming in as the key for, as the, you know, the, the guy? Not really. You know, he's probably playing on the edge just thinking about trying to survive. So I don't know if he really got, ever really got a, a good look at it. Um, so, yeah, it didn't appear in 2020. Uh, played 17 in 2019, and that was three wins and 14 losses. So, I mean, how many are really getting through you uh, in, 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 you know, sort of like that? Um, so it's almost, you know, it, he's almost a, effectively a 21-year-old in terms of how much footy he's played. Well, he's only played well, 82 or 85 games, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, somewhere like a, for a pick eight, you know, who you'd expect to play pretty soon. He's probably, he's a year older and he'll be 25 soon. So he's probably a year or two older than his footy maturity, if that makes sense. But he's yeah, footy age. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, great performance. Deserves all the plaudits that he got for, you know. And some on our podcast, I won't name them, didn't have much faith early in the season when he, put on that Essendon jumper, but he's, he's certainly proved the doubters wrong, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at um, his stats in, in 2019. He was actually up in everything. Uh, well, he's kicking a, a little more, kicked a few more goals in, in 2019 in a losing side. Mm. Uh, it seems to be pretty even across the board with everything else. Um, mm. Which is, you know, interesting that he, he went downhill so quickly at the, at the Gold Coast. But... He, had, he had a Really poor year from an injury perspective. That's right. Those years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, really, really well done. Um, one last like for me, and that's for the coaching panel. The adjustment that they made at quarter time to get us back into the game, I was really happy with. Because like I said, it looked like they were just going to cut us to ribbons and have a typical performance that they've had over the last six or seven years and just win by 10 to 20 goals. But they, the coaching panel adjusted and were able to get the game back on our terms. Mm, I think, uh, sorry, just to add to the Peter Wright thing, he missed most of 2018. So he's effectively uh, missed two years of footy. Really. Two whole years. In, in like, yeah, two big development years. But um, yeah, uh, uh, what, what changes did you notice they, they threw around? Um, they seemed to 
changed the way that Essendon were corralling a little bit. They, uh, It seemed to me the instruction was get in and put more body contact on the Bulldogs. Whereas early in the first quarter, we seemed to let them have a little bit of extra time and space, um, I felt. Um, and I felt they got us to speed up our ball movement. Yeah, okay. So just try to move it quicker and, and be more physical, yeah. Um, one other thing that goes into this, I really like this, was there was two centre clearances where they clearly had a set play for Draper to bang it forward and she'll run onto it. And I really like the way that they're thinking in terms of coming up with set plays when, when Draper's getting up on top. And all we need is a little bit cleaner disposal from Shield, and that should be two shots on goal. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, you know, like we said, he's the most important player on the ground. So, uh, and it just helps having a reliable ruck when you know it can actually win you a tap and, and get it going the way you want. Uh, and both teams were playing pretty aggressive in terms of how we set up around the stoppage. Like it was like if we win it, we're out. Mm. So that's good. So, Maddie, why don't, unless you've got another like or a dislike, why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we'll uh, look ahead to our game against the Gold Coast. No, I've got, we haven't analysed the, uh, the Jeebus in this game. So, break time's good. Two games, one game outside the eight. Well, half a game outside the eight. And first up, the Suns in the Gold Coast sky. What is it? Is this like uh, it's, uh, you know, Stringer's old side. Peter comes into his side uh, with a bit of form. It's a bit like, you know, some, a few blokes who's got some vengeance over the past couple of weeks or are looking to get some vengeance. So mm. um, I'm actually a bit concerned because Gold Coast at Gold Coast, uh, they're a bit of a uh, – is the word muddy ball? No, it's not. But a bit of a curveball. You don't know what you're going to get there. Mm, um, so it's no it's no uh, foregone conclusion. No, um, I agree. And I you agree. also don't know if we're going to be hungover. And if you put in a performance like Carlton did, <laughs> Carlton, <laughs> um, where you turn up expecting to win, they will. They have the weapons to beat you. But if mm. we're look, I'm I'm happy with the season to this point, um, given we've just beaten the top side and we're in the mix with a couple of rounds to go. This is way better than I thought we would be. But if we want to continue to develop after a big win we need to come out and we need to routinely dispatch of the Gold Coast Suns yeah no absolutely uh, couldn't couldn't agree more on that uh, but that that is a problem you know you beat you have a big win you are at risk of uh, a hangover uh, having said that they've also had a nice win as well yep. so I'm just pulling up their stats they've got some danger Particularly around the ball, we've got to be careful of. Um, you know, uh, Took Took Miller's had a a, um, a fantastic year, mm. uh, and he's always got to be someone we, we've got to look out for. But Noah Anderson uh, showed everyone why he was, you know, uh, number two draft pick. 
He had a really um, good game, didn't he? Yeah, fantastic game. Um, same as Will admittedly Powell. Um, admittedly, they're playing against Carlton, who are like playing defensively. It's like playing against witches' hats. They <laughs> Carlton do not defend. They're not great with defence, are they? They're, they're not they, great at all. They are, at this point, a team of the most front-runnery downhill skiers that you will find in the AFL. Even the defenders don't defend. Oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I'm just, yeah, I guess uh, Teague, uh, when he thought, you know, everyone's working about defence, I'm going to worry about offence. But, uh, you know, he just hasn't watched sport for long enough, maybe, that to know that you, you've actually, you know, defence is always the foundation. Uh, and, it, and it will always be that way. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just going through Gold Coast now, and, and I mean, there's some also Miller and some Powell, uh, but you know, there's some names here: Lacocious, uh, Ballard, Raul. He still hasn't hit his straps, and uh, yep. I got the I got the feeling he, you know this might be one where he uh, thinks about. Uh, you know, sort of puts in a calendar and says, you know, this is this is a big chance for me. Um, he's been down a little bit the last since he's come back from injury, and there's been a lot of talk about him. So I expect a big game, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, he, yeah. He's a young, developing player who's hasn't performed greatly this year, and that'll that'll hurt. Let me let me talk about number twenty one. That's what I was just about to say, uh, Mister Townsend. He look. He's had his one good game for the year. So, do you expect more from him in the coming weeks? He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Well, does he? I don't know. He might be a realist. He might realise that he, you know, he he didn't warrant another contract. He he really after round six didn't do anything for us. Um, and you know he, I liked his hardness at the ball and I liked his intensity, but he just didn't do enough with the ball. Didn't get enough of the ball for mine to stay on the list. Especially with the direction we were going with the rebuild. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. He, yeah, he's not part of our plans. Um, I did, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great system to be playing full forward at. Um, and he did kick four in his opening game, I believe, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he had yeah. a really good opening game and really did nothing after half time against Fremantle. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, against an old side, you, you either have a stinker or you have an absolute blinder. Uh, and there's every chance he could be in the latter category there. Um, Look, what what I like about Townsend and I, why I think he fits in at Gold Coast really well is because he's a big, hard body that cracks in and protects the younger players. And I think he he is the perfect fit for a team like Gold Coast, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what I mean. It's a different story, but I think that's what's held Gold Coast back for so long as they've just got players uh, who are. You know, uh, off cuts. You know, everyone else is yep. not good enough. And so if they're, they're the senior players, you've got around for a young crop. It's mm. not exactly the, the right culture, but that's that's a different story. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Jacob Townsend is is well regarded as being a great bloke to have around a football club because he is so good for culture. So I don't think you need to be a superstar to be good for culture, but you need good players. <laughs> to lift the quality of the group and the standards of the group. Mm. So you, you oh. need a mix of both, right? You need those good people who are good people 
as by all reports, Jacob Townsend is, um, but you also need the star quality in the upper echelon to show players how to get to that point as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They haven't got a Dyson Heppel or a Kale Hooker or Michael Hurley. Around. That's what I'm sort of saying. Or a, yeah, yeah, agree. You know, a, a Richard and a Dustin Martin. To hang, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um, no, I'm, I look at the, the, you know, Ben King didn't have a great day. Brandon Ellis didn't have a great day. Um, his, oh, Zach Smith still had 31 hit out. So, yeah, so, yeah, so he had a good day. But, uh, you know, Rao didn't have a good day. Uh, there are a few here that, you know, we've been looking to sort of go, okay, we've had a win, but I actually haven't, uh, haven't you know, there's more I could be doing out there. Um, so they've built a bit of momentum. Now would be the time. Uh, that those sort of players would be like, yeah, actually, you know, sort of get their lips licking a bit. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, exactly comfortable with, you know, this is a, a foregone conclusion. Like I said, it's a we've got to we've got to show up. We have to show up because uh, they will. I think it's a it's a sixty forty for us, right? Mm. That we should win this game, um, but. It's not a foregone con- I don't think we have any games that are foregone conclusions at the moment. No, well, uh, the two left, uh, certainly not. Collingwood will be doing everything in their power to keep us out of the finals if we are in contention at that point. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, this is a this is a that's a must win. They're all must wins, but this particularly is uh, it's going to be a challenge. So where do we where do we win this game? Tough one, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, we, we have to flex our midfield strength again and we have to show them that uh, we've got better midfielders than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think our back line can deal with their forward line and I think our forward line is capable uh, to outlast their defenders. So the midfield really wins that battle. Um, I, but, think we're, I think we're better than them across the ground. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's not to say that I don't have talent. It's that the talent that they have that will be A-graders are not there yet because they're young. And then the um, next tier of player, those journeymen that, that go into the team to make up the team, I think our quality is better. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think if we can't win that midfield battle, we might be in a bit of strife. Mm. I um, There's talk that uh, both... McGrath and Caldwell are playing at some level this week. Okay. McGrath seems to me to be the kind of player similar to Shield that would come straight back into the ones. Caldwell coming back from a soft tissue injury, I think needs to play some scratch match footy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Caldwell has no uh, no business uh, being rushed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with McGrath, we're not at a stage where like everyone played well enough last week where it's like, we actually don't need to rush this guy in. Yeah, I think we can go unchanged. I would happily go unchanged. Um, I think, well, no, I, I disagree. If Heppel's right, Heppel comes in. Mm. And he comes in for Redmond or Gleeson or Cutler. Probably probably Gleeson. Uh, well, Unluckily, I thought yeah. Gleeson had a really good game. I, yeah. I thought everyone had a good game. But, so, yeah, you've got the same positive skipper. It's just <laughs> it's yeah. tough life. It's really tough life, yeah. So so someone goes out. Someone's unlucky to go out. Either Redmond, because he's unlucky from a bullshit suspension, or Gleeson unlucky for having the same spot as the, the captain. Mm. Um, and then Heppel comes in. 
Um, and then really, I can't see anyone else coming back into the team on form. Everyone else had a really good game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, would, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm I haven't been following Gold Coast season close enough, so I'm not sure where they're at in terms of players coming in and out. But I I will be very disappointed if we don't win this game, having just beaten the top team. Oh, me too. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we said it um, from the start. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a it's a must win. It's obviously a must win game, um, but. Uh, it uh, you know it's no foregone conclusion, and we must we must uh, must execute, must bring what we did uh, this week, which is always a risk with um, young 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 teams. Jeez, I'm really <laughs> cocking my words there. Um, but I've got uh, I've got the uh, the Gold Coast injury list up. Lucky Waller. Uh, concussion test. Yep. Um, so he's can potentially come back in. Uh, Jared Witt is done for the season. Um, Oleg Markov was hamstring one week, uh, so okay. he's half a chance. Uh, Jack Homsch and Nick Holman both to be confirmed. Greenwood done for the season, obviously with that knee. Brandon Alice test with a hamstring. Uh, and uh, Buderick and Conway both out for the season with knees, unfortunately. So, um, none of so, those, um, none of those players concern me. Yeah, I think you know, Lockie, like someone like a Weller adds to their depth. Same with the Markov. Uh, Sam Day played the opening ten minutes of Saturday's abandoned VFL game. Uh, so potentially, maybe he's one that comes back in for them. Uh, which he, he's probably a, a pretty good help. Um, yeah, but it'd be, hey, it would be massive to see Peter going, you know, back up with a nice five or something like that again. Against your old side that are still paying your wages. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't want you so much, they were happy to pay to see you go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, I'd, I'd be wrapped if we if Heppel comes back in and the rest really, the only other one that I think walks straight back in if he's Lang, if Langford's fit, but I think he's, nah, he's, he's, he's fine. I don't think he'll play before finals, to be honest. No. Nah. If we make finals. No, nah, I, I don't think so either. Um, so yeah, look in summary, we should win and win comfortably, but like with any developing list that is struggling for consistency, it could be, could be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, no, got to got to show up. That's this is a character test. So, mm. yeah. alrighty, team. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on this. Well, as we record a Monday evening, hopefully we'll get this out um, by Tuesday. And um, as always, follow us on uh, on all your social media platforms: Insta, Instapods. Give us a like, subscribe to us on Podbean, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Anything else you want to plug, Matty? Oh, I think, you know, I uh, see the news there. Sam Doherty uh, has uh, unfortunately been throwing another curveball uh, with uh, a recurrence of his testicular cancer. So uh, thoughts are with him and, and family. Mm, and so, is, where, where did that pop up? Uh, it's just come up now on the AFL website. It's been sent a uh, – he's put it on Instagram. 
Um, so that's, that's devastating to hear about. So hopefully... That, um, is, that is terrible news, particularly yeah. with a recurrence. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully... Uh, did, he, did he have... He did have surgery in I late 2020. So. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. So he's happy that it's an early enough diagnosis. Um, I'm concerned, but let's hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. So thoughts, and thoughts I mean, with him. There may even be listeners out there dealing with similar battles, and um, it's it's never nice. No, um, thoughts are with them as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, Maddie, as always, especially after a win, it's a pleasure. Get me off here. Until next time. Go dance.